the gentlemen of Shiny Penny have joined the antidote. Guys, thanks for coming. Thank you for having us, Dave. Are you actually gentlemen? You're always well behaved. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, good moms and dads. (laughs) Yes. Doesn't mean we're gentlemen, though. (laughs) At all times. We try to be. Well, what about introducing yourselves and giving us your role in Shiny Penny? I am Dean Schimmel-Rudorshwara, just just, uh, (laughs) Dean, and I sing and play piano and some guitar. Uh, Full name, Scott Ayers. Everybody calls me Sticks since age 11, and it wasn't from playing drums because I literally look like a pole. (laughs) Stick boy, if you will. Um, Yes, I, I do play the kit. My name is Brad. I'm one of the guitar players, and I sing a little bit. And we also have another member who is unfortunately not here with us today. His name is Eric Hyman. He's our Thunder Warrior. He brings the thunder. He's the bass guitar player. Even without the thunder, we can still talk. So what about taking us way back to the band's early days when you were called Shiny Penny and the Critical Shoes? Besides tightening up the name, how have things changed for the band? Um, I think if I were to try to explore all of the things that have probably changed since then, it would probably take a lot longer than what we probably have for this interview. So this is Dean talking, by the way. The band started out with myself, uh, with Brad, and with another gentleman. I like the word gentleman. Let's just use that. Let's just go with that. And... uh, We were seniors in high school, and about halfway through the year, we started playing together. It was birthed out of a desire to play acoustic John Mayer covers. (laughs) (laughs) And initially, I was going to be the drummer, like the full-time drummer, and sing backup vocals. And the original plan also was to have Brad be the lead vocalist and guitarist, Acoustic guitar, because we were going to be an acoustic cover band of John Mayer. <laughs> um, and uh, that changed pretty quickly, though. You know, we had we started rehearsing in Brad's parents' basement. And as we spent more time together, I remember we quickly felt something more, um, whatever it was. Like, it could be something more, or we just, you know, we had some chemistry there, I think. And one thing led to another, and before we knew it, we were introducing our own ideas and we started trying to play original music uh, together and I was bringing some ideas to the table Brad was bringing some ideas to the table Uh, we we each had our own individual songs that we had written and so we were bringing them to the band to try to make them our own so shiny penny and the critical shoes did have a different sound from what you're doing now and I suppose really a key one that I'm thinking of is the song wonderville (laughs) was that sign of an influence that you had on you back then oh yeah you know the whole john mayer thing didn't last too long (laughs) Uh, we pretty quickly got into bands like rage against the machine wolf mother kind of heavier uh riff rock riff rock uh what's what's the name uh stoner rock is like (laughs) is what people on the streets call it but um yeah, we, we kind of got into that style. So I think that is a, a product of, you could say, obsession with the, that kind of music. And I would say that has lasted, you know, up until today, those influences. 
uh, especially rage against the machine is still definitely within our, our current music. It's just more subtle and it's more really, if you come to our live show, we still play songs from all three records, ABM and, and open out and wait, don't hold. We still play songs from all of those live. And so, and then we, we extend a lot of what we do live and we change things up and do things, you know, put different spins on different things when we play live. And so a lot of the times that old, like, influence of you know the rage against the machine kind of riff rocky kind of stuff like that tends to come out every once in a while when we play live mm -hmm. there's just I, I think there's just a spot in our hearts for that i don't know that, that's just what originally inspired us as a band and for some reason it's stuck with us at least in our live show and really i think in in some music to come i think it'll be heard a little bit here and there as well. So the band name changed to simply Shiny Penny. And you know, I was going to ask about how your band name came about, but I think I might have figured it out. I'm guessing that it actually comes from Dean's last name. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, however did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> well, in Germany, the Fennig is the equivalent of a penny. Now, Schimmel had to look up and I said, it does mean mold. Which could be the opposite of shiny. Dang it, he found it out. Dave, you're a smart guy. <laughs> Do I get a bonus point? Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll start. And a taco. <laughs> Congratulations. Now you're being immortalized. Now, what about the rest of the guys in the band? Do they feel like they're a little bit left out? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Tell them what you really think. Steve. That's why they stiff you in the back of the room. <laughs> no, not at all. So Shiny Penny then really is a community work, all of you guys together. I would yeah. say so, yeah. More so now than ever before. What we've been growing into in the past couple years, especially as a band, there's been a lot that has happened with our band. Um, a lot of figuring out our identity as our personal lives have changed as we've all grown and experienced more life and decided what's important to us. It has continued to reflect on how the band continues to look, I think. And yes, it is very much a community. And, and we and it, we're not where even where we want to be. I mean, we have vision and we have goals that are yet to be accomplished with the band. Uh, but a lot of it really is, is, I would very much say, centered around the, the communal aspect of it. Something that I do find really interesting about your band is that I usually find that pop bands put out songs with fluffy lyrics, but Shiny Penny doesn't do that. And I guess you see that in the anti-boondoggling movement EP. And I love the name. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you brought along a song you'd recorded earlier called Mr. Welker. Now, I'd love to hear the background of that song. Like, who is Mr. Welker and what made you search for truth? It's a great question. Um, what I, I've tried to make a short version of this story, but I still can't. I mean, it's not too long to, to spell it out real quick. But It's okay. So, I'll have a nap and you just keep going. Okay. <laughs> so really, you know, I talked earlier about how the band originally was founded by three of us. And that third person who used to be in the band actually wrote a song called Mr. Welker. 
and they were just lyrics. There wasn't any music. Um, there might've been some rhythm to the lyrics and the title of it was Mr. Walker. Nothing ever came of that collection of words. I remember Brad and I were collaborating musically on putting a song together, which ultimately became Mr. Walker, what you hear musically of Mr. Walker. But as I was putting the last words to the song, all of a sudden I had this idea that I wanted to use that title from that song that this other gentleman <laughs> wrote um, that never came, you know, with the song that nothing ever came about with. Um, and I, I respectfully went to this person and I, I asked him if I could use that title because I thought it would fit really well with this song for some reason that I was writing lyrically and musically with Brad. And he said, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can use it. And I took that title. A lot of times when people ask me this question, Mr. Walker, uh, they, they think Mr. Walker is a person or something. And, and it's not, it's, I usually try to explain it as it's a metaphor for everything that's bad or what you don't like, what you hate, what you wish wasn't there, or just something that's hard to deal with. Why did I call it Mr. Walker? Why did I use that name as you know, the label for that metaphor? I have absolutely no idea, but I remember I took my grandpa to Menards one day and I was just waiting out in the car for him in the parking lot and I had this notepad and the chorus was the last thing I needed to write to complete that song and it all of a sudden just hit me like a ton of bricks and that was the last piece of the puzzle was that name. Of course, I got permission to use the name later, um, but that's kind of how it came about. You know, we're having this talk here, but I'm really hoping that what you're giving me is the truth, because Shiny Penny has a song called Don't Believe a Word That I Say. <laughs> the song has the line, I'm tired of wishing for something more when I know it's only going to make me want a little more. Does that tie into the band? I guess maybe what I'm really asking is, what's the goal for Shiny Penny? Well, the goal for Shiny Penny has changed as we have grown. I often tell people that when we first started as a band, our heads were really just in a let's have fun and jam and this feels awesome to be in a rock band and let's play and, and do this because it's cool, you know, kind of a mentality. Um, there might have been more to it. I mean, obviously, I think we had dreams, you know, we we had artists who we aspired to. We could play instruments and we we went to concerts and and we saw these bigger artists on the stage playing in front of all these people. And, you know, there might have been thoughts running through our brains thinking, hey, you know, that would be cool to someday do that. You know, and then pair that along with just the fact that we were high school kids just wanting to have fun playing music, you know. But since then, our identity, our, our purpose, our mission has changed pretty drastically. Um, and it's been inevitable, I think, because we've grown, for one. I mean, that's one of the biggest things to note about this whole thing is that, you know, when we started, we were 18. Um, and now, you know, I'm 26 and Brad's 27. And, you know, a lot of people tell you, obviously, in, in your early 20s, you do a lot of changing, you do a lot of growing. And, you know, we're nowhere near finished growing. I don't think there's still a lot that we, we need to learn and experience with life, especially around the time that Wait Don't Hold came about the songs on that record, the lyrics on that record. 
um, that's when a lot of things started personally changing in my life. And I began to reflect those changes in the lyrics that I was writing for that record. So when you talk about don't believe a word that I say, pretty much like the main inspiration behind the song is having a desire for something that I can't seem to quite find or fill. Um, recognizing that I keep desiring things and none of it is satisfying me. So things I say, and it could be anything, you know, things around me, um, things that I can touch and feel and see and uh, acquire. That song kind of introduces this perspective of the fact that these things aren't fulfilling me. I'm still left empty. And that's kind of one of the ideas presented in that song when the specific line I'm tired of needing something to fill me, tired of seeking something that kills me, tired of wishing for something more when I know it's only going to make me want a little more, is basically just being fed up with just every time I, I desire something, I'm just tired of feeling drained at the end of it because I know that, you know, it's not going to last. It's not going to be there. So that was where I was going with that and it comes across in our live show too that i really resonate with those lyrics even still to this day that's what i've been wondering about so many bands are studio oriented while others work best live and i mean listening to your music i really can't imagine how much fun your live show must be yeah it, it is and you know we've had to come up with ways to keep it fresh for ourselves, really, but also and for our fans who keep coming back to the shows, because honestly, I mean, until we released Love Isn't Easy, it had been over three years since we released anything new. But we've consistently been playing shows, despite the fact that we haven't released any new music. So we've had to just come up with more and more ways to really keep it fresh and keep it relevant alive. So we've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people come up to us and tell us, which I don't really know if it's a compliment or if it's not a compliment or both, but a lot of people come up to us and tell us, like they hear us on the recording and it's great, but then they come and see us live and it's just like they're blown away. And I mean, I don't try to say that in a prideful way or anything like that, but that's just, I'm just quoting what I hear from a lot of people. A lot of people say that, you know, like we really amp up our songs live. Um which we do try to do. You know, we, we, we really do love the live aspect of it. It's important to us that we actually put on a show, that we really give it everything we have when we play live. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback from our fans over the years who seem to enjoy it. And we're always looking to enhance it. We're always looking to make it better. Shiny Penny went big time at one point because you guys played Vance Warp Tour. Now, I've heard sort of good and bad comments about that tour from other artists. How was it for you? It was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a diplomatic answer. I like that. <laughs> I like that, Dave. Yeah, I think there is pros and cons from our experience, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's a lot of well-known bands with great fan bases at Warp Tour. Um you know, it's kind of like a resume type gig to say you played Warp Tour. It holds weight. But at the same time, you know, it's a 10 minute sound check. You know, you throw all your gear up there and hope for the best. And it's one of, <laughs> kind of one of those gigs where it's just a, a plug and go. Um, 
so that's not the most ideal situation for a band like us. You know, the crowds that we had were decent, maybe, at best. Because uh, there's just so many bands playing and there's so many stages. But overall, I, I would say it was positive for Shiny Penny. The Antidote features artists who bring a Christian worldview into their music. Now, some of those artists make it pretty obvious, but faith seems to be sort of tucked away for Shiny Penny. Intentional? Um, that's an interesting question. I think at one point we might have unintentionally did that. It's interesting, like the, the time that we're actually having this conversation, that I'm answering this question is, is a very unique moment uh, in time for us because very recently, um, within the past year, the band has discussed a lot about, you know, what we're trying to say, who we're trying to be, what the point is of even doing this at all. We've really taken a lot of time to just discuss all these things, ask ourselves some really tough questions, um, which have really challenged our hearts on why, why we're doing this. Within our current recordings, most of them anyway, they have had some faith elements here and there throughout that if you really, you know, read between the lines, you could, you could really see um, that there might be something uh, faith implemented here and there, which was not really intentional for most of that. I mean, I, I don't think there was any right here. We're going to slip in a little bit about Jesus right here. You know what I mean? Like, we never did that. Personally, I've, there's been a desire within me to, want to be more bold about my own faith and wanting that to be more known and becoming more okay with whatever God wants the band to be, to let it be that. There used to be a time where I used to shy away from, uh, you know, oh, Shiny Penny can't be a Christian band or Shiny Penny can't be labeled as a worship band or, you know, anything like that, you know, because that's just not who we are. It's not how we started. That's not who we've been. And you know, we don't write songs like that. But like I said, God, I feel, has really challenged us in the past year and said, hey, you know, this is mine. It's not yours. I gave you these talents. I gave you these songs. I, I gave you everything. And I want to do what I want to do with this. In a nutshell is what we have begun to really think is going on with Shiny Penny. And so... Um, we have been challenged as of late just to have more of an open hand to say to God that we're okay with whatever he wants to do with it. And yes, that means that even if he wanted Shiny Penny to be a worship man someday, then, you know, I want to be able to, to say that, yeah, we'll, we'll be a worship band if that's what he wants Shiny Penny to be. But if he doesn't, yeah, that's okay too. But all I know is that I want to be more bold about my faith and following the gospel, following what I believe in very strongly is to be a disciple and to make disciples and to be a, uh, an ambassador that shares Christ's light to those who need it. So I think there's potential there for God to do something that whatever he wants to do, I think we've been challenged lately to just be available for him to do what he wants to do. So what I think fans are going to find in the future of our music and even with our most uh, recent song is that um, a lot of what I've been writing, they're more direct prayers, really, to God. I mean, 
the chorus of Love Isn't Easy, for example, in my opinion, it's a form of a prayer. And our songs that have yet to be released, there's going to be a lot more of that. Then the next song coming, the chorus is a direct prayer to God. And so we want to be unashamed. We want to be unapologetic. We, we want to be authentic and sincere um, about everything that we do. And, you know, we don't want to be sorry for it if it's the truth, if it's what God wants to do with the band. The chorus does say, I'm running here in the open, but I'm hiding from your view. You gave me a weight I can't hold, but I'm still hanging on to you. It really does sound like faith can be a burden. Yeah, I think you're you're right on with, you know, asking that question. It's that part of the chorus, you know, even now, like, I mean, I, I reflect from time to time on that and just trying to think of where I was when I wrote those words. And I have to think of it in a certain way, but it, it really is a direct dialogue with God of just feeling like I can't handle all that God is and all that God has to offer. I can't take it. You know, like it's too great for me. It's too big for me. Um, but somehow I'm still holding on. Uh, somehow I'm still believing that this big, huge, awesome God still loves and cares for little old me. Uh, cares about my every concern, my every need, desires me, wants me, you know, and it's pretty amazing. Well, Dean, you also sent me a rough mix of another new song that you've got coming out called Promised Land. It sounds like to be in the promised land, it's going to be something you have to work at because you give the line, I'll give it all I have, leave everything behind. Give me the thunder and I'll make the time don't want to give it up. I'm going to make it right. Is it really going to be that much of a struggle? I I don't know. I, I guess time will tell. I, I know that it, the place I was in when I wrote those words, you know, in, in my Christian walk, in my walk with God, as I think it is for every believer, I have my good days and my bad days. <laughs> I have the days where I feel more confident. I feel like I'm hearing his voice. I feel like I'm on the right track and I know, I know for today at least where I need to go and what I need to do, you know? And then I think there's, there's other days where it's, it's, it's not so bright and shiny. It's not so apparent what I need to do. And there's a little bit more darkness that I have to kind of work through of just kind of some, some evil within my own heart that is there that I need God to prune out of me to show me, what he really wants to do with my life. And so um, I think when I wrote those words of the chorus of promised land, I was having a a more good day. I was feeling hopeful. I was feeling encouraged. You know, all wasn't perfect, but I had a hope in there being a better side to the trial that I was in, I guess, so to speak, that, that I had a hope that it was going to get better that things were going to be as they needed to be in God's timing. I love the sound of the song, and I know it's a rough recording, but you're going to have to let me play at least part of the track. <laughs> that, that, that's fine. It, it, just exclusive on the antidote radio. <laughs> <laughs> Can Shiny Penny also promise more music to go along with these two new songs? You know... I would say if God wants the band to continue, if God wants to keep using this, then yes. 
Um, at, at this point, I think the three of us in this room are agreed that literally really is like a day to day for us. And it's a, you know, if God's leading us to continue on and do more, we will do more. Um, one foot in front of the other. We have more songs. We, we do have plans to keep releasing new material. Then they'll be released, you know. But I guess I say that lightly because we don't know what's in store. If I'm just being honest, like I, I, I could die tomorrow and then it's all over. You know yeah. what I mean? At least for me, may, maybe these guys will continue on without me. I might move to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I don't think it's just God, but I think it's the government also because Canada got rid of our pennies a few years ago. So when the States dumps the penny, does shiny penny cease to exist? No, we just... Those shiny dollars. (laughs) Guys, thanks so much for coming to The Antidote for this talk and best of luck with the new music. Thanks. Dave, thank it's you great. so thank much you. for your time. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the, the program, man. Yeah, I really man. appreciate it.